On this episode of Kenny and the Coaches, I'm talking with Mangum coach William Dickey. Coach Dickey has been at several schools throughout his coaching career, spending time at Snyder, Tipton, Hollis, Granfield, and currently at Mangum. Coach Dickey has also been a pastor longer than he's been coaching and is currently pastoring in his hometown of Snyder. Coach Dickey is one of those coaches that believes in developing student athletes, not just into better athletes, but developing better people for life after school. This conversation is one that I really enjoyed and could have kept talking to him for a long time. Here's my conversation with Coach William Dickey. Coach, thanks for taking time out of your weekend to talk with me. All right, thank you for having me, man. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Um, there at Mangum, I mean, like I said, we're going to be in y'all's district next year in football. Uh, uh-huh. But uh, you got any secrets you can tell me about what y'all do so I can get start getting ready for it? Yeah, they run a lot of spray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of spray. I'll yeah. put it that away. I'll put it that away. Boy, I, 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 I'll tell you what, I've kind of watched some film. Just, I mean, we don't have any film, just watching it on different online uh, things. Yeah. Well, no, not even on Huddle. I hadn't, we don't. I guess we could start trading film, but I mean, I've just, I think it's on Squirtle is where I've kind of gotten some. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on Squirtle. And, you know, I've always coached eight man. I played 11 man, but I've always never coached 11 man. And I'm looking at some of the stuff that y'all do, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be kind of spread out all over the place. Got four receivers over here, one over there, and then you run the ball. (laughs) So so I I got my work cut out for me when it goes to, when it's going to come to, playing y'all and just playing 11 man in general you know what you know what i had more fun coaching eight man than i did 11 man i played 11 man yeah i i would agree with that because i haven't coached 11 man yet but it is you know game plan because I, I, I do the defense here at empire and you know that's that's fun for me is figuring out how to stop teams especially that's, you know like an eight man yeah. you've got to be good individually defensively you yes know. you better <laughs> and yeah and it's i i've enjoyed that and i'm sure i'm going to enjoy this i, I was telling someone yeah, a couple of weeks ago i was like you know i'll be kind of looking at stuff 11 man wise i'm like oh shoot i got an extra man i can help with over here you know yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. i used to always draw stuff not still have eight eight people when I come back to Mangum. Yeah, I, even now, like whenever I start drawing the center guard, the interior, yeah. I still, I'll put three and I'm like, oh shoot, there's two more there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but, um, uh, go ahead. Uh, what would you say kind of your philosophy is, like your, kind of your coaching style? What would you kind of, how would you describe that? My, my coaching style is just, I, I did an interview, uh, for when I went to Tipton and uh, they asked me a question are you one of those yelling screaming coaches I said oh, are you asking me do I do that at a game and I told them no yeah. I said now my thing is is that uh, me yelling and screaming that's mm. just trying to draw attention to myself and I said, my job is Monday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. Friday night is those kids. And the spotlight is on them. And if I haven't prepared them, that's shame on me, not shame on them. And if I prepared them doing Monday through Thursday, I don't have to do a lot of yelling and screaming. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. 
and the other thing is, is this, I, 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 I'm, I've never been just really a loud person. Now, can I get that away? Yes, I can. Mm-hmm. But the older I got, I started realizing too that just coming at a kid the same way, pounding and pounding every day, mm-hmm. first of all and foremost, it gets to the point where it becomes monotone. Yes. Uh-huh. And I, I think, I think as a coach, you are a uh, psychologist. Uh, you, you have to find ways to generate kids or motivate kids without all the yelling and screaming. You know, even my pregame speeches, you know, ain't no lot of bunch of raw rock because I don't believe in raw rock. It only lasts for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. That's just raw emotion. The raw emotion don't last a whole game. True. I just yeah. want you, I want you to be even killed. And my thing is, is <clears throat> for example, we went to uh, I, I was in a quarterfinal game. Uh, can't thank the little town up there in, in uh, uh, by Miama. Mm-hmm. And uh, team come out and they were roaring and making all kind of noise, growling and. And my kids were warming up at the same time. And my kids looked down and they said, Coach, they said, Coach what is that? <laughs> they said, do you think they're they scaring us? Yeah. No, nah, it ain't scaring me. <laughs> and we commenced putting the whooping on them. But my kids, I believe this one thing. I can tell when you're ready. Oh, yeah. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have to hear about, I don't want to hear all the rah-rah. I can look in your eyes and I can tell if you're ready or not. Mm-hmm. And that's what I go on. I, I just go on that mental preparation, not the rah-rah. I think a lot of times with the rah-rah, it's good. Some coach, uh, that's their coaching style, but mine is not. Yeah. It never has been. The other thing my philosophy is is that I want to work on the total, total man, mind, body, and soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of coaches don't want to do that. We want to work on the X's and O's. Uh, I'm I'm not the greatest X and O coach, but my thing is I I want to teach kids about life because a X or O ain't gonna help you when you when your wife is 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 pregnant and you got kids and you may not have a job at that time. Mm-hmm. X's and O's whether you go left or right or you you have a handoff or throw a pass that ain't gonna help you nothing. Mm-hmm. But when you you teach those lessons of life, you prepare them for life, and that's the most important. That's my philosophy about it, man. Yeah. Now how? And, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And, and building those relationships. Yes, I think those relationships are just as important as anything. You know. Yes. Now, yes. Now, how big of a part uh, does your faith play in your coaching? I mean, uh, you kind of spoke all, on it a little bit there. All of it, man. Yeah. All of. It. I used to have a, a acronym that I uh, use all the time, and I still I live by it. It's FADC, Faith, Attitude, Discipline, and Commitment. Mm-hmm. And I believe you have to have all that if you're going to be a follower of Christ. Uh, my thing mm-hmm. is I, I'm not ashamed of, of sharing my faith and all my players, uh, like in Granfield. Uh, and I have kids that are coached that are uh, ministers now. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. 
I have kids that have, are coached and girls and boys that I've did weddings for them. Mm-hmm. And kids that still call me a lot of times and say, Coach, you remember when you told me this or told me that? And I, and I said, well, remind me. <laughs> it's been a lot of years. Yeah. But those, those things are very, my faith is very important to me because uh, the thing is, I, I believe this one thing, even the times that I wasn't pastoring, I've still said I was pastoring. Yes. Uh, because mm-hmm. that, that football field was, uh, and those kids were the members of God's army. And that's where I taught them that away. Mm-hmm. So I always had a pulpit or platform uh, to speak for for the Lord. And God used me in many ways for that. Because at Grandfield, uh, I was a football coach, basketball coach, track coach. I was pastoring. I was an athletic director. All that when I was in Grandfield. And in a lot of more places I've been. Yeah. The same way, pastoring. How long? Uh, how long have you been a uh, pastoring? I mean, is that were you a pastor before you were a coach, or vice yes. versa? Yes. How- yes, I, I, I've been I've been in the ministry going on for over forty something years. Okay. Yeah, forty something years. Wow, that's yeah, that's that's that's. I'm actually I read that that article. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was in the Lawton Constitution or, or whatever it was, and it was talking about you being a pastor and i just thought that was pretty neat i mean you know just being a pastor and a coach i mean you kind of you you can affect a lot of kids that way and just not not kids just people in general yes and then a lot of times parents more than kids Mm -hmm. a lot of times parents more than kids the thing is also they did an article in in the baptist messenger Mm -hmm. and uh, one in the Wichita Falls paper, they did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but no, man, that's one thing. That, that's just like this is my last year of doing any coaching, and that's one thing that I ask God, God, if it's your will for me to get out of coaching, you prepare my mind and my heart for it, and he has. Oh, so this is going to be your this is your last year? Yeah, this oh, I, I, I just coached my last sport. Oh man, I didn't basketball. Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. oh man. Um, yeah. Well, I'll get back to that here. And that that kind of caught me off guard. I didn't. I didn't know that was. <laughs> I didn't know that was coming. I'll get back to that here in a little bit. Okay. But to talk right. about your time at, at at Grandfield. You know, I mean, I know that you okay. were coaching before that, but and when I was reading one of those articles, it was saying how Grandfield was a job that no one wanted. Um, you know how. And then, but and then, how you came in and turned that? You really did turn that program around. How? Kind of talk about your time there. Okay. Uh, the thing is, the, the Grandfield job. I was here at Mango, and I'd asked them because I remember I told you I did the girls basketball program for that one year, mm-hmm. and I asked them about uh, if they can't find anybody that I would do the job, and I superintended at the time. He told me, he said, well, Coach, I don't think you're a very good basketball coach. <laughs> and, I, and I told him, I said, I don't think you're a very good uh, superintendent, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I said, but 
the thing is, is this, is that if you need me, I'm, I'm here. First of all, they didn't even want me to do it that, that year. They yeah. tried everything to keep from me doing it. He said, well, I don't want you to uh, be a big problem for you. And I told him, I said, you can't, there ain't too many problems uh, too big for me that I haven't been through already. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, because it was mostly white uh, whites and uh, girls, young ladies, and me being a black coach. Mm-hmm. So I did that. But uh thing about Grandfield is, is Grandfield had a coach at the time. Uh, because uh, what's funny about it, I, I went to Hobart to attract me, and I seen the young kids that they had, and so I I went on the the coaching whatever that deal is where you they they have the job board mm-hmm. went on there, but they'd already filled a position. Okay, so I was just gonna be satisfied to stay here at Mangum unless God opened up another door. But within a week, that guy that they'd hired left. Oh, yeah. And, and I called them. And uh, probably that next week, I went for an interview. So in the meantime, in the interview, uh, uh, let me back up. I'd asked the, the guy, the superintendent here at Mangum, uh, when I came over here, I, I left Hollis, and I took a $9,000 cut when I left Hollis to come over here. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, at the end of the year, you're going to see what God is going to do through me for this school. And I'd like to have more money. So I went in at the end of the year, uh, and he said, well, I can only give you $400. Oh, wow. Wow. I said, okay. <laughs> and that same day when he said that, that's when Granfield called me and wanted me to come the next day for an interview. Mm. So the people in this town heard about me leaving to go for an interview. So when I came out of the interview that day at Granfield, uh, the superintendent here, he called me and said, Coach, can you come back? By this afternoon, I said, no, not this afternoon. I'll, I'll, I'll come by and talk to you in the morning because we're still in school. Mm-hmm. So I went there that morning, and he said, Coach, I, I, while, while you was gone, I found some more money. I said, yeah, you did? I said, that's good. And he put there, uh, he said, what about $7,000? I said, no. I said, I thank you. So then he wrote down $10,000. <laughs> I said, no, I don't want it. I said, I don't want to be a girls basketball coach and make it more than your football coach. Yeah. Said, that won't be no problem. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, it'll be a problem because the rest of these guys that been here over 20-something years and y'all haven't even gave, given them a raise. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm not going to do that. I said, but I'm finna, I'm finna teach you. You finna learn a lesson today. I said, the lesson is, is this. You need to learn, first of all and foremost, that God sends people here, some for a short time, some for a long term. And I said, here's the thing. God sent me here, not only that I would become the girl's 
basketball coach and help you out this year, but he sent me here to help you. He said, yeah, coach, I know because you're the only one would tell me something. I said, here's the deal. I'll tell you, but you're not listening. Mm-hmm. And I said, your biggest problem is you because you think you're more than everybody. <laughs> and I said, but here's the thing. He says, well, my wife, matter of fact, his wife quit teaching that same year too. Mm-hmm. And and he told me, said, my wife is mad at me. The board tell, told me I better try to do something to keep you here. He said, I've never seen somebody come into a town and people just fall in love with him. And I said, they're not falling in love, per se, with me, but they're falling in love with what's inside of me. Mm-hmm. And I said, here's the thing is, you, I hope you learn from this, that you don't treat God's people like that. Mm-hmm. I said, but I'm 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 taking a job here Grand at Grandfield. I appreciate the offer, but I can't take it. Mm-hmm. So, so I went to Grandfield, and the thing about Grandfield was, is man, they had tradition already, because as you can remember, I think they won back to back state championships in the nineties. But we were out in practice one day, and I started asking the kids about some of the people, some of the players that they had, and the rich tradition that they had. You know, Grandfield had guys that went to the pros in baseball. Uh, they got uh, guys that played, uh, doctors and lawyers. You know, mm-hmm. but those kids didn't even know nothing about that, and they had all the trophies and things in there, in the in the in the gym. Mm-hmm. So we stopped practice that day. And I took him over to the gym and began to start talking to him about the history uh, of Grandfield. And they said, Coach, how you know about all that? I said, because some of these guys I played against. Mm-hmm. And I said, here's the thing is, is this. A friend of mine, Jim Kerbo, told me. He said, Coach, this is one thing. If you go to a place where they have tradition already, you can get it back. Yeah. But if you go to a place that don't have tradition, it's hard to get it started. Mm-hmm. And and that was the key, that it was tradition there. But as uh, KSWO came and asked, how did you have such a quick turnaround? And I told him, I said, first of all, you got to change the mindset, not only at the school, but you got to change the mindset of people in the city. Uh, mm-hmm. because my superintendent, which is Eva Spalding, she lives there in the Duncan area. She told me that they had to reduce prices in order to try to get people back in wow. to come to the game. And I told her, I said, you put the prices back up. Hmm. I said, people are going to start coming back to these games. And I told I told the, told the kids and, and the school, I said, get used to winning because we've been ready to start winning. Mm. I remember the first game we played, and they were ahead. We had 36-8 to eight at halftime, and they came in like they were getting beat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Just then our first, our first game, we played Temple. Mm-hmm. And Temple ended up 45, and the people were coming. Uh, to our kids and then came to me and my son 
and said, uh, those kids really played good tonight. And I asked him, I said, what game were y'all at? <laughs> I said, we got, we got 45. Yeah. Coach, you don't understand. This is the first time we've ever finished a game. We yeah. usually, it's over at halftime. Yeah. I said, well, don't get used to that. I said, get used to, we're going to start winning. Mm-hmm. And we did. That year, we went four and five. We missed out on going to playoffs the first year uh, because of uh, our clock went out. Mm-hmm. And they, they was keeping time. And we had time to set up for a field goal, but we, it was an injury timeout. Mm-hmm. But I guess it kept the clock running. Yeah. So when we get back out on the field, time is over with. We played cement. We missed the playoffs that year. Mm. And every year after that, we never missed the playoff again. Mm-hmm. And that next year was the first time they'd been to the playoff in 12 years. Wow. Even though we had to go to Shattuck to play. but Yeah, that's always a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nice. but... That that next year we went six and four. The year after that we went seven and three. Uh, the year after that we went twelve and one. And then in semifinals, and the year after that we were twelve and one in the semifinals. The year that we were first year we were twelve and one. We played Shattuck at home and beat them. That doesn't happen very Tim- often. Yeah, and be tipped in that same year. Yeah. Wow. But then by last year, we were 8-3, but we made it to the playoffs then. Mm-hmm. Now, um, going from – you were – at the very beginning, we were talking about um, – Eight man being different from eleven man. How is uh-huh. how is going back to Mangum been? Going from eight man to eleven man. Well, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. After the eight man coaches began to know who I was, mm-hmm. I think it's more of a close knit group in eight man coaching ranks than it is in eleven man. Yeah, eleven man is awful cutthroat man to me <laughs> really okay yes and mm. I, I think i think the strategy of eight man is especially on the offensive side mm-hmm. not not on offensive defensive side uh it's a little bit tougher than 11 man oh yeah because yeah. in 11 man you you've got that extra player yeah eight man you make one mistake, that's a touchdown. <laughs> yes. Yep. And then eight eleven man coaches, it's harder for eleven man coaches to come down to eight man and start coaching eight man than an eight man coach to go up to eleven man and coach. I've always said, I've always thought that because I, if if we would ever play a team that had a guy that was in eleven man the year before coming down to eight man, uh-huh. I'd always uh-huh. be like. I'm glad we're playing them early because they're going to still be trying to do 11-man stuff and 8-man, and it just doesn't work. I mean, most of the time they no figure work. it out, but it's kind of like, all right, I got these guys because they're going to be trying to, you know, run this certain play that they ran in 11-man, but it, it don't necessarily work in 8-man. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, just as like with, with us in 8-man, my thing was defensively, I never, you know, a lot of head coaches want to call the offense. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about calling the offense. 
Mm. I, I, my son, I thank God for him. I, I, that's another thing. I thank God for uh, those uh, seven years that I coached with my son. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did all the offense. But he took a lot of Leatherman stuff, like the spread mm-hmm. and things that OU did, OSU did, and converted it to eight-man offensively. Mm-hmm. And and then when we came up here at Mangum, I coached my sec. I was the head coach here my second year mm-hmm. here at Mangum for at eleven man, and I I was in defense and I let him do the offense. Mm. I'm just not. I just love defense, man. Yeah, I like offense, but I think I'm the, I'm in the same boat with you. I like offense and. To a certain extent, I'd love to do offense, but then I'm like, ah, I really like this side of the ball. You know? Yeah, there's just something I, about I just, stopping people that is yeah, more intriguing. Yeah, I just, I just love the, the strategy of, of defense. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying. I'm gonna. You're gonna do this, but I'm gonna stop you from doing this. Mm-hmm. And then I know what you. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what your next move is. Mm-hmm. Kind of like playing chess. Yes. Man. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, playing chess. <laughs> now you kind of touched on it, coaching with your son, and now you know that come to an end, you were able to be on the sidelines with your grandkids. What has that whole experience been like? Because I mean, I'm just, I'm just coaching my kids right now; they're still in high yeah. school. What has that been, been it's, like? It's it's been a wonderful experience, man. To I got four grandkids and was able to coach all four of even my. The youngest, she's a sixth grader. I got to coach her as a fifth grader in basketball. Mm-hmm. But my my uh, two oldest, my two grandsons, I coached them in football, basketball, and track. And my granddaughter, I coached her, my oldest granddaughter, which is 21. I coached her in track. And when she was in uh, sixth grade, I coached her in basketball. And... Uh, Grandfield. No, it's it's been a blessing, man. Yeah. It's been a blessing. Uh, especially because uh, my son, for a while, he was in the military. And uh, for about seven years, and it was seven years, he wasn't around us. Mm, and mm-hmm. the thing about that is, is when I went to Grandfield, that was one thing. Because I asked him, I said, is there any assistance at Grandfield? And they said, no. I said, well, I, I've got a son that I want him be my assistant he he didn't have a degree but he came and uh, moved there with us and uh he was my assistant then when we came to Mangum, he moved up here too mm. so that was seven years that we were without him and his family and then we've been together eight years and he just moved here recently back to uh went to move to Edmond. Oh, Matter of yeah. fact I just come from there yesterday. Mm. But my son still calls me every morning, every afternoon. Hmm. And we stay on the phone and talk for hours. Yeah. But I remember what President Reagan says and I, I also adapt this to uh, even being a coach and and making an impact on kids. He says, one thing that you can learn that if you've been a good parent, your kids always want to come back and see you. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think as a coach, that, that, same, uh, uh, that, that same thing applies. Uh, kids, 
still call me to this day. Mm-hmm. You know, just said, Coach, I just wanted to hear your voice and talk to you. Oh, that's they pretty cool. Don't want nothing, just want to talk. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, being at a small school and or the small schools that you've been at and being uh-huh. black and being black, have you ever felt it was harder for you to get an opportunity to coach and kind of to piggyback on that question? Do you think uh, black coaches in smaller schools are limited in where they can get opportunities or do you, do you think there's a, a, a lack of uh, black people getting into coaching? Because I, 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 I looked at this article, I looked at this article about the only one I could find and it was mainly talking about 6A, was, and this was in 2020. It said there were only like six black head coaches, and uh, we were kind of talking about it before we started recording, that it only right. seems like they're in certain places. Yes, yes. Well, and here's the deal. Here's the deal that I think, even in the, in the college ranks, I think we're getting more and more black coaches in the college ranks, but then you go to the pro ranks, Mm-hmm. Uh, how many black head coaches are in the pros right now in football? I think one. Yeah, one. Mm-hmm. And that's Mike Tomlin uh, from uh, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. But I think I think here's the deal. I, I think like uh, I think here recently over at Eisenhower, they had a black coach there, head football coach, mm-hmm. uh, and he was only uh, there for what two years. Mm-hmm. And he's hometown boy, and I told him, I said, man, let me tell you something. Don't get to the point and think that everybody that pats you on your back is on your side. Mm. Because as soon as you mess up and you don't have a winning seat, they're going to get rid of you. But yeah. I've been pretty fortunate in the places where I went, uh, except for Hollis, uh, and maybe in my own hometown. Uh, because I've been one of those, I'm one of those coaches, man, that I don't care what color my play is. I don't care who his parents are, uh, if they're rich or poor, town drunk or the, yeah. uh, the town banker. Yeah. If you can play, you're going to play. Mm-hmm. And your money and your title don't influence my decision of whether your kid plays or not. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, uh, that'll come up and people don't like that. Mm-hmm. But all, all the other places like Grandfield, I could have stayed there forever. Uh, Tipton, I could have stayed there forever. Uh, in my hometown after, and God has blessed me to have success where the other places I went, then they wanted me back. Mm-hmm. And I, I took my time by coming back there because first of all, you had the first opportunity to hire me and you would Mm-hmm. So I did go back until later on, but no, I I, I think uh, I just think that opportunities are limited, especially in in Oklahoma, in a lot of places they're very limited, and there is a quite a few like four A coaches, uh, maybe some three A coaches, uh, probably in the Tulsa area. That mm-hmm. they do have, like uh, I can't think of Vanita. That I remember one time Vanita tried to hire me as a coach there. Yeah. But then it's just according to how what kind of people you have. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
and I think the opportunity is there. And I, I believe this one thing: if God wants you to be in it, you're getting it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I do believe that, but I, I think I think sometimes the color of your skin does get in the way. Yeah. Instead of people looking at your character too, and that's that's one thing that that's blessed me. That's one thing that, especially going, see, I've been to Mangum twice been at Tipton twice, Snyder twice, and it was one of those things where I, I believe this, that you don't burn bridges, but you build them, mm-hmm. and and I think when you build those bridges, sometimes you have to walk back across them. Yeah. For example, now, I'm back in my hometown pastoring, mm. and they, they ran me away from there 15 years ago. Yeah. And it was one of those deals. I said I'd never go back there. But mm-hmm. when God calls you, you got to go. Yep. Never say never. I've learned that. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I, I think I think you're right. Sometimes it's tough as as being a black coach of getting head jobs, especially in in, in smaller towns. Yeah. It really is. Unless yeah. you get a place where they don't care what color you are. Yeah. And I think Tipton was one of those places. Uh, and especially Tipton. Because I know Tipton had a black band director when I was there. Mm-hmm. They had me as the head coach. Uh, and, and never blinked the eye. Mm-hmm. And then even going back to Tipton as a head coach. And Tipton is really a high profile uh, job mm-hmm. at that time, and especially after Kerboy left, I took over for him. Mm-hmm. But, but I think it's it's according to the people in the city and the administration that you're under. Yeah, <clears throat> where you can get those jobs. I, I'm gonna say, being here, it's been one of those things. I don't think it's ever been an issue or. Um, you know, I don't think they ever batted twice at me being a person of color. You know, and, I, and right. un- unfortunately, and I'm sure you've been in the same boat too, whenever you go into an interview at a place, you kind of have that in the back of your head. You, you're going, are they going to just look at my resume? Or are they going to listen to what I have to say? Or are they going to look at me? You, you, exactly. You know what I'm saying? And it's always refreshing whenever you get that call back, hey, yeah, you know, we, we want you. And you're just kind of yeah. like, yes, they don't see they don't see that. They they saw me. They didn't. Exactly. They saw and that's what was inside of me. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. That's that's what's been a blessing for me. And a lot of times that, you know, a lot of people say, well, it's because his son. No, it's not because, it wasn't because of my son. Mm-hmm. It's because of my character. Mm-hmm. And yep. they know what my character is. Yep. Yep. Well, Coach, I got one final question for you. And it's okay. always kind of end on kind of a goofy light-hearted question mm-hmm. okay which is more which is a more exhilarating kind of exciting feeling friday nights right before kickoff or sunday mornings right before you give a sermon uh sunday morning <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> sunday morning yeah and then the other most exciting thing for me is not the game on friday night it's the practice during the week. Yep, yep. Yeah, you know, there is something to that. It's like 
there's been games that we've had big games here or at other places I've been at, and it's like I feel good about where we are because of what exactly. we did Monday through Thursday. You know? Exactly. If they beat us, it's just because they're better. There's That's a, it. So there's no reason to That's be nervous. <laughs> no, because here's the thing about that is, man, when I was younger, it was always a game. Uh-huh. But now I, when I started getting older, it's always about the teaching, man. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about. It's about the teaching. Seeing a young man uh, being kind of like that that potter uh, at the pot in the, in the scripture was talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeremiah went to the potter's house. You know, taking that that piece of clay that ain't got no form to it, mm-hmm. but shaping it and molding. It. And then when they graduate, you see the finished product. Yeah. That's that's what's important to me, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Coach, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your appreciate weekend you. to talk to and me. If I, can, if I can help you in any kind of way, man, don't hesitate to call me, man. Uh, no problem. Hey, let me be – I'm sure I'm not the first, but uh, I'm going to be the first to do it on air to say congratulations on your career. Uh, Thank you, it's, sir. It's been a groundbreaking, like you were, we were saying before we got started, you've been uh, the first at a, at a lot of places, being the first Thank black you, head coach, and that's a, that's a pretty big thing for people coming behind you. Well, I appreciate that, man. And the best of luck to y'all next year. Coming up in coaching, I'd always heard of Coach Dickey, but never really met him or talked with him. Now that he's retiring from coaching, I wish I would have met him a lot earlier in my career. Just the conversation we had off camera was eye-opening and inspirational for me, and I'm going to continue to stay in touch with Coach Dickey just to learn from the experiences he's had. He's turned programs around and has done it in the right way, always keeping his faith first and building relationships with players and parents that have lasted. Now I'm just going to throw this out there right now. Coach Dickey is a Hall of Famer. Thanks for listening to Kenny and the Coaches. Go ahead and subscribe to my podcast and tell others about it. It's Kenny and the Coaches, and that's Kenny with an E. Until next time.